All right, episode three of the Unpopular Podcast. Maybe not what you want to hear, but need to hear. I'm your host, Coach Barnes. Last time we spoke, things were looking bad. Things were looking crazy. The Knicks were uh, losing or started to lose. And I'd say 10 days or so, Randall has picked up his play. The Knicks beat the favorites last night. The Golden State Warriors by two in regulation. Randall in his last four games is uh, putting up like 28 points a game. You know, looking like his old self. Barrett recently got hurt, which sucks. He was playing very, very well. You know, it seems like with Barrett... When he starts to play well, you know, something happens. So hopefully he comes back quick. And uh, the Knicks play Portland tomorrow, which is a, that's a game the Knicks should win. Portland, they don't have a lot of their guys. They just traded a bunch of guys away. That's a game the Knicks should win tomorrow. Um, You know... The trade deadline came and went, and the Knicks did not make a move. And honestly, I was pretty happy about that. It tells me, you know, two things. Okay. First, is that the Knicks are going to see this thing through. They believe that they can at least, at the very least, make the playoffs with the team that they have. But they probably know they're not going to go far. Secondly, all right, I'm going to try to make it make sense for a lot of you people. The Knicks is saving their draft picks. They're going to save the talent they have. Um, they're going to package those up for a better player this upcoming summer. That's what I believe the Knicks are doing. I think the Knicks know something that we don't know. Much like when the Knicks cleared all that salary cap space when Kevin Durant... And Kyrie Irving said that they were coming to the Knicks. Everybody knew that was supposed to happen. But Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving changed their mind. And the rest is history. You're hearing about one particular player in Utah who isn't very happy. I believe he is a native New Yorker. His father works for the Mets or used to work for the Mets. I'm not quite sure. Donovan Mitchell. And of course, I'm only speculating. I don't know. I just hope that he can somehow find his way to be a Nick. The Jazz are going to want a lot if Mitchell says, hey, I don't want to be here. Trade me to the Knicks. Does he really have a lot of leverage? 
he's not in the final year of his deal. So that tells me he doesn't have leverage. It would probably be the Jazz finding the best deal that works for them. So Mitchell has to be careful of the timing here. Um, you know, of when he wants to say, hey, I'm done. I don't know if I want to be here long term. So, you know, the Knicks are staying at Pat. I think I think the Knicks are going to start to get hot. I think the Knicks are going to find their way in to one of these playing spots. Um, probably ninth or 10th. There's only 25 games left. You know, if you look at teams like Charlotte, Charlotte, um, they'll probably be in there. The Hawks, it's just hard to look at the Hawks and say that they won't make the playoffs. But there's something else going on with, with the Hawks that I just don't know. It's just hard to to see why they're not winning the way they should be be winning. Um, you know, so if the Knicks get in the tenth spot, they'll have to win two games to get that final play, uh, that final playoff spot, which would be the eighth spot. Um, you know, Derrick Rose is coming back in a couple of weeks, according to what people are saying. You know, Derrick Rose is going to get playing time uh, at the expense of probably Alec Burks because Burks has not been playing well. Alec Burks went from filling in as the point guard starter, putting up pretty good numbers, just playing hard, to not really doing much. And I believe he... And his wife or girlfriend had a new kid. That could be playing into it. He's probably very tired. Probably isn't getting much sleep when he's at home. So, you know, you kind of can't get mad at him. Uh, You know, Barrett got hurt in a game that the Knicks had lost. They were, like, getting blown out. And Barrett was in there in the final minute and rolled his ankle. A lot of people are mad. You know, I'm not mad about it. Barry could have gotten hurt in the first quarter, second quarter, and so on and so forth. Injuries are going to happen. Granted, you know, it sucks he got hurt in a game which was lost. But Barry's not a guy who's going to just miss games. Barry's going to come back as soon as he can. Um... So we don't got to worry about this being a long-term thing. That's not the kind of player Barrett is because there's a lot of players who will milk any kind of hurt. If they have a sore big toe, they're going to miss 10 or 15 games. There are players like that. Barrett's not one of them. Right now, the Knicks are 25 and 31. You know, things could be a lot worse. We've seen this team hit rock bottom a lot of times in the last 20 years. At least the Knicks are competitive. 
the last two seasons, the Knicks are competitive. Okay. We've seen the Knicks win games in the teens in recent memory. Then we had the, um, I'm sorry, we had the Knicks run by Phil Jackson. Who just seemed to just do whatever he thought was, you know, going to fit his scheme and, you know, draft players that fit his scheme. A scheme that nobody wants to run. Yeah. Did it work for him back then? Yeah, sure. But look at the players that he had. That's a topic for a different day. I'm not going to get into it. But the Knicks is still coming out of trying times. Okay. When you look at the recent drafts that were ran by Phil Jackson, that were ran by Steve Mills, he took Frank Nilakina. Over Donovan Mitchell. Over uh, the point guard for the Thunder, Shy Gilgis Alexander, I believe that's how you say his name. I believe we took Frank Nilakina over Bam out of Bayou. I believe that's the same draft. Correct me if I'm wrong. We took Frank Nilakina over Miles Bridges. Frank Nilakina over Mikhail Bridges. How does something like this happen? How? You know how long that set us back? Fast forward to the year after. It only gets worse. We take Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox looked promising in that summer league. I can't lie. I don't know where it went wrong for for him. Kevin Knox, I mean, these are good kids, man. Good kids. And you just wanted to see them do well, bad. They just couldn't put it together. You know, when you have a lot of people, a lot of coaches, a lot of people telling you to change this up and shoot like this and work on this and work on that, and it messes with your psyche and messes with your mind. And I believe that's what happened with Kevin Knox because he he was never right after his first year. His his first year, he was getting a lot of playing time. He he was starting. You saw flashes of what he could be, but he was just too slow. He couldn't stay in front of people. He didn't play quick. He didn't have that first step. 
he didn't have that burst. Okay, people are gonna look at Knox and they're gonna bring up his um his stats and his numbers. I don't use stats. I don't use numbers. I'm not like those guys. I watch the game. I watch film. Okay, I'm gonna give you the eye test point of view on certain guys. Well, on most guys. And I may bring up that this person is scoring 20 points a game, but that's about it. Frank Nelikina could play defense, but his shot was horrible. His last year with the Knicks, maybe his second to last year was when he shot the ball the best, but it was streaky. And when I say streaky, it was one game he'll come in and hit two threes and the next 10 or 12 he wouldn't be able to hit anything and of course this is because I'm watching the game I'm not reading off any stats I'm not I'm not doing that but the guy can defend he can stay in front of a lot of guards he can give you hell um I always said that Frank should have been a shooting guard, you know, have him play um, off the ball, catch and shoot, you know, and I said that during the year where his shot started, you start to see it get better. It wasn't where you would want it to be, but if you take him off the ball, because it's like, the, I think he was 6'5", I think he's 6'6". Maybe in France he played point guard, but France is a hell of a lot different than playing in the pros here. And I think if they would have tried, if they would have tried to put Frank in the shooter's role in a just a simple three and D, damn it, guard the best player and knock down open three. That's all I'm asking. Frank Nilakina might have been something. I'm not saying he would have been a superstar or a star. He would have been decent. The Knicks dropped the ball. Frank, they dropped the ball with Kevin. And here comes the next pick, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is turning into a player. I don't know if he's a superstar. But he's definitely a major core piece. But that that draft, and I want to go off topic really quick. Because if you look at that draft class, right? That was the year the Knicks had the worst record. Everybody knew the Knicks were tanking in hopes of landing the first pick to get Zion. And of course, you know what happens. I have a theory, a theory that's not proven, but if you look at a lot of the drafts the last 10 years, there's, there's something fishy going on. So if you look at that draft class, we had Zion Williamson, Ja Morant, came out of nowhere, shot up the draft boards, and we had Barrett and Darius Garland, who is becoming really good. 
right? So this was the year that they changed up the ping pong balls and the probability of getting the first pick was different. I believe the the worst three teams all had the same chance of getting the top pick. And this was also the year that Anthony Davis forced his way off the Pelicans. Everybody knew it was only a matter of time before the Pelicans got rid of Anthony Davis. Okay. And I want you guys to keep that in mind. Okay. Keep that in mind really quick. Because now we're going to shift over to Memphis. Right. This was the year that Mike Conley was on the way out. Mark Gasol was on the way out. Okay, this was the end of Grit and Grind, Memphis Grizzlies. And they weren't that good. They were starting to fall down the hole. Right? But their records weren't terrible. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies' records weren't horrendous. So their chances, their odds of landing a top one and two pick weren't great. But they're a small market team, right? They're going to have a hard time selling tickets if they don't have the product. So my brain's saying, holy crap. The NBA did the Pelicans Memphis is solid and said we're going to give you guys the number one and the number two pick because you're losing your product Pelicans were losing Davis who at the time was a top ten talent some say top five I say top ten because this dude's always hurt and Memphis was losing their two star players because they were getting older and Memphis wanted to move on. And then there's the Knicks. The Knicks get number three. Okay. The highest draft pick they've had since Patrick Ewing almost 40 years ago. And some say that David Stern handed that pick to to us which who the hell knows but you know I'm and I mean damn it we couldn't even get number two and I like Barrett no disrespect to Barrett but Chai Morant is special boy can that kid play and what have the Knicks been needing for the last 22 23 years a point guard we haven't had a good point guard since Charlie Ward But the league somehow gets away with doing this. And everything is geared for the small market teams. Okay. I'll tell you guys another couple of times. That things seemed a little bit fishy with this whole draft. When Braun left the Cavaliers in 2010. The summer of 2010. The Cavaliers went 
down the hole. They had a terrible year. And I mean, if you didn't know that the league was about to give the Cavaliers the first pick, you had to just be plain stupid. Cavs got the first pick. They get Kyrie Irving. Okay. The following year, the Cavs get the fourth pick. They get Tristan Thompson. I might be getting my years mixed up. So correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. The third pick, I mean, I'm sorry. The following year, they get another first pick. Number one overall, 2013, they take Anthony Bennett. That was one of the weaker um, drafts in recent memory. They take Anthony Bennett, who became a big draft bust. He's not even in the league, didn't last a long time. So then, the following year, at the end of 2014, Cavaliers take Andrew Wiggins. But unbeknownst to the Cavs, LeBron was planning a comeback to his hometown team. So what does he say? Get rid of Wiggins and bring in Kevin Love. I mean, if the NBA didn't take care of the Cavs those four years that Braun was gone, I don't know what else you got to say. Last year, I predicted that the Pistons would get the first pick. Because if you ever see highlights from a Pistons game, that arena is empty. I mean, they have a hard time selling tickets there. And I won't be surprised if the Pistons get another top two pick. I think that the Magic are due up. The Magic haven't had a number one pick in a long time. The Magic need a star player. They don't really have a star player yet. But I think theirs is coming. So either the Pistons or the Magic are going to get the first pick. One of them is going to be second. I think the Rockets are in good shape. The league might do them another favor and give them a top three pick. They gave them the second pick last year. They got um, Jalen Green, who I think is going to be a superstar. You know, when I say these things, this, like... This is just me thinking of how in the hell, you know, a team loses their star player and right away they shoot up and they get the, the top pick or the top two or top three pick. And when the Knicks are bad, we get stuck with the number eight pick every time the Knicks are bad and, and the Knicks get the number eight, the Knicks get the number six. Knicks get number seven every single time. Granted, some of the earlier years when we traded for Melo, we didn't have our first-round picks. But 
as of late, it's always been number eight, number eight. Uh, we had the number four pick when we had, when we took, oh man, how could I forget about this? Oh, oh my goodness. Chris Stapps Porzingis, the Knicks took in the 2015 draft. I think this is the Devin Booker draft. I'm almost positive. We took Chris Stapps Porzingis. A guy who played well in his rookie year. You know, he was coming on. He was coming on as a player. This is when Melo was kind of on the way out. Melo was leaving his prime years. But then something happened. Porzingis didn't want to be a Nick. He got tired of the stuff, which you kind of can't blame him. Nick's were firing coaches. You know, Steve Mills didn't know what the hell he was doing. But, I mean, Devin Booker, how do you not see it? How do you pass on that? Even Miles Turner. Miles Turner turned out to be the better player. It it sure as hell didn't look like he was going to be better than poor Zingas. But Miles Turner overtook him. Miles Turner is a top five two-way big man. Miles Turner is a top five two-way big man. Center. And for those of you who don't know what, what, what that means is he can play both ends of the floor and he can shoot the three. Sometimes he's always hurt. But you get the feeling one of these years he's going to really break out and that's probably going to be soon because now he kind of has the center spot all to himself. You know, he's going to get more more touches. You know, and then last year's draft, the Knicks kept trading down. They kept trading back. They were crunching the numbers, trying to save money for the cap space. Which, the cap space thing kind of failed them. In a way, because, you know, they didn't really go after the guys. <sighs> Pardon me. They didn't go after the guys who maybe they should have gone after. And they ended up keeping all the guys they had last year, at least most of them. Bullock was the only one who was let go. So, choices have to be made on what the Knicks are going to do with this draft. Because they got two first-round picks. One from Dallas, and of course, the one that we have. If they can't land a player... The Knicks got to try to trade up and try to get into the top 10 range because from what I'm reading, that part of the draft is still pretty good. It's still as good as the top five. Knicks should have moved up in last year's draft. 
but they chose to trade down to preserve cap space. Cap space is overrated in basketball. Okay. Cap space is overrated. Draft picks are overrated. Well, I shouldn't say that. Draft picks are coveted depending on which player in high school or college is coming out and what year. So if there's a guy in high school right now and he graduates in the year 2024, he'll play one season in college. So he'll be ready to come into the league in 2025 and if I'm trading for that pick I say hey in this deal give me your 2025 um, first round pick especially when you look at the bad teams if you look at a bad team and they're trying to uh, dump salary you know you're not gonna take that deal without them trading you a pick. So I'll say to a team like like the Magic, let's say the Magic have a player who's not that good, but they want to get rid of him to dump salary. I'll say, okay, I'll take that, but you got to give me a first-round pick in 2025 because there's a star player coming out during that year. So I was I was jumping a gun when I said that draft picks weren't worth nothing. Um definitely think the Knicks are gonna make some major moves this offseason. They're gonna shake that team up. A lot of the role players you see are going to like possibly be gone. Burks, more than likely, gone. Nerlens is probably gone. Um, Kemba Walker, I mean, he's just five years too late. You know, the Knicks got to stop getting guys who are like damaged goods. He, he, if he was supposed to be a Nick, it was, it should have been four to six years ago when he should have been a Nick. His, his knees just can't hold up. Um, you know, it sucks. But he's more than likely gone. Um, some of the young guys, you know, the Knicks are a young team for the most part. So if there is a deal, you know, guys like... Um, Topping, there's a chance they could be placed in that deal. You know, you don't want to see him go, but if they have a chance to get Donovan Mitchell, then hey, you know. Or another route I can see the Knicks going is just outright trading guys and giving that team some draft picks because if the Knicks are going to try to dump salary, they have to attach 
first round picks to sweeten a deal. That's just the way it's always been. I'm not sure who's available for this offseason. It seems like there were a lot of guys available last year, so not sure who's available for this year. Going to have to look at that. Um, you know, I'm thinking there's some pretty good guys out there because Portland cleared a whole bunch of salary space. They're going to try to pair somebody with Lillard, uh, try to make more, one more run at it. So, uh, But I think it's also, I think more trades, more people will change teams because guys are just not happy with where they're at. Uh, you know, and for like all the people out there saying that the Knicks have to trade Randall, we got to get rid of him. The Knicks aren't trading Randall. He just signed a four-year extension, $117 million. His deal is tradable. The Knicks wouldn't have a hard time trading him, but it's just the Knicks aren't giving up on Randall because you guys like want them to. This isn't the Steve Mills years. The Knicks aren't going to cave to your... Um, liking like it's not gonna happen because you casual fans are yelling on Twitter and making all these shows and you know these these people are trying to get in to the heads of the guys at the top who are you know who need to make moves but they're not going to until they get the right offer and guess what Randall isn't going to be in none of those offers because they're going to see this through for the next two years they're going to pair somebody with with Randall more than likely a guard um so all of that has to stop and just deal with it Randall is a star player he's not a superstar level talent like a superstar, somebody top five, you know, like like a Braun, uh, those type of guys. Um, Randall isn't on that level yet. He's just getting into his prime. A basketball player's prime years is age 27 till about 31, 32. That's like the prime year. So he's just getting into his prime. You guys can't quit on a player because they're because they're not playing well. Okay. Look at what y'all are doing to Randall. I mean, the guy it looked like at one point was literally losing his mind. He was just so so frustrated because some of you fans just won't 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 quit. You guys just keep keep like going on and saying stuff about him. Saying some nasty things, man. Like, let him be. He will turn it back around. Randall is that kind of player. And it seems like he's just starting to get it going now. Um, So, I touched on Donovan Mitchell early on in the show. Another player or two that needs could target. I wouldn't be mad at, but... These two moves don't 
put us in that Eastern Conference title range, you know, unless, you know, a guy like Barrett just, um, if he takes his game to a level that we haven't seen in a long time. Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers is going to be on the trading table. He's going to be on the trading block, I should say. He's going to be a guy that the Pacers want to dump. But it might be tough because he just signed long-term. But the Pacers got another young point guard. They're not going to be start. They can't start those two because the Pacers have a shooting guard who, to me, is going to be special. He's just one of those shooters. You just you just see it. You just watch him shoot. You watch him play. Uh, Chris um, Darte, I think I said his name right. Pardon me if I didn't. That kid's going to be special. So you're going to bring him off the bench to pair Malcolm Brogdon. And, you know, you can't, can't do that. So Malcolm Brogdon is going to be had. For what price? Again, if you look at his trade value, to me, Malcolm Brogdon's trade value has dipped because the Pacers um, seemed like at first they were dumping salary, but now you just don't really know because they took on um, Buddy Heald, whose deal is not cheap. Um, so if I'm the Knicks... And Brogdon is one of the only few guys who I can get. I would say, give me Bronk, um, give me him with a first round pick, and I'll trade you. This is tough because I don't want to include any young pieces because Brogdon is just a guy can't stay healthy. So I'll give you Walker. And I'll give you Burks. And I'll give you a couple of second round picks. Screw it. You can have a couple of second rounders. Another guy currently on Cleveland, but he's hurt. Should be healthy by the time next season rolls around. Colin Sexton. He was rumored to be a player that the Knicks were going for. They were going to try to trade for. It was rumors, though. There was really no... There was nothing much really said about it last summer. Colin Sexton, to me, would play really well as a Nick. Um, he's a restricted free agent. I don't think Cleveland would match it because Cleveland has Garland. Uh, they traded for... Lavert as a shooting guard. Uh, they have different young guys on that team, and I just don't think there's any room for Sexton right now. So I think Sexton can be had. The only thing is, is that the Knicks don't have enough cap space to make a good run at them unless they do a sign and trade. 
which is likely uh, that's one of the ways they can uh, get a deal done um, for this offseason. So, you know, I look for that to happen on uh, draft night. Um, but it won't go through until the start of uh, until the start of whatchamacallit when people can sign um, another, let me think of another player who's out there who might be on the way out might not want to stay there long term there's always still a possibility that Lillard could just say you know what I'm done but at this stage, I think Lillard's going to be 31. He's played all this. This is like his 10th year. A lot of games played. You know, people don't really notice, but in his first several years in the league, he wasn't like missing games. Like this guy was playing almost every single game. That's a lot of wear and tear, especially at the level that he, he plays at. Um... So, and then Portland's going to want a King's ransom for Lillard. So, do we really want to give up the farm, excuse me, for Lillard, who may not have a lot of prime years left, you know? But I do feel the next time is coming that they will get a, get a star. Whether Barrett's turning into one or somewhere in the draft or a young star wants to get traded and boy do I hope it's Donovan Mitchell oh man oh man oh man oh man a couple of closing statements I want to make before I shut this one down um Phoenix Phoenix is not playing around. They are on a mission. Chris Paul and Devin Booker want that ring badly. And you can just tell by the way they're playing. Every night they're going out and they're trying to beat you. Try to beat you bad. The only thing that will get in their way is if somebody was to get hurt. The way Chris Paul was hurt last, I think it was last year he got hurt. No, no. It was a year prior, I think. I, I, I forget when Chris Paul got hurt. It might have been, been last year. DeAndre Ayton, his name came up in a trade rumor with the Pacers. But quickly, those talks didn't go nowhere, according to what I read. DeAndre Ayton is going to leave that team, whether it's at the end of this year or next year. I think he can walk next year because they don't want to give him max money. And now you are looking to trade him. So the only thing keeping Ayton straight, the only thing keeping him playing hard is... Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But once this run is over, he's out that door. You can bet that.
Bucks look strong. The Bucks just traded for a guy who, in his prime, was the best two-way power forward in the league when he was on the Thunder. And now, my friends, is Serge Ibaka. If he stays healthy, that is a major piece for the Bucks to make another run. But Serge Ibaka has to stay healthy. And when he was on the Clippers, he just seemed like a guy who was okay with not playing. You know, he sat on the bench with his uh, with his weird coats and his tight pants and his weird hats and was just trying to be seen, you know. That's the kind of player he looked like. Like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm here. Um, so when you look at him and his time with the Clippers, it didn't work out because I think he was too worried about different things. So I think that's why the Clippers said, you know what, we're done here. We're going to ship you out of here. Um, I think ultimately the Western Conference, I think that either the Warriors or Phoenix are coming out. And in the East, either the Heat or the Bucks are coming out. I think the Sixers have a shot to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But they have to get the right matchup in the, in the second round to even get there. Because if the Sixers play the Heat in the second round, I don't think the Sixers can get past the Heat. The Heat is just deeper. They got better shooting now. Um... And the Heat have the players to guard the other team's best players. So, how do you get past that? It's just, you know, uh, Brooklyn, the reason why I don't really mention him is because Ben Simmons, you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Kevin Durant, you don't know when he's coming back. I think Kevin Durant comes back in about two to three more weeks. And Kyrie Irving still can't play home games. So unless they lift those rules or he gets the shot, he's not playing at, at home. So there's that. Cleveland, it looks like they're on the rise. They're not getting past the first round. If Cleveland gets stuck playing... Brooklyn or the Heat or the Sixers or Bucks, Cleveland is not getting past the first round. So don't even look for them to get past the first round. But other than that, that's all I got for right now. The Knicks play Portland tomorrow, a very shorthanded Portland team. The Knicks should win. You just hope the Knicks weren't out partying in Portland and then they come out tomorrow and play sluggish you hope guys are knocking down shots you know the only guy I would worry about on Portland is uh, the kid um, Simons 
the only one I would you have to put oh Barrett's not playing damn it who the hell's gonna guard Simons now <clears throat> very underrated not being talked about is RJ Barrett guarding everybody's best player nobody's talking about it wait pardon me the only time they spoke about it was when he guarded uh, Braun and Braun scored like 30 plus on him but because you know the best player in the league scored 30 plus on them it, it has to be top news but just a week prior RJ Barrett did a hell of a job on guess who a guy we talked about earlier Ja Morant R.J. Barrett shut him down yeah you know if you look at his numbers he still scored like 20 plus points I think but it came off of like 27 shots he didn't okay he didn't shoot well he wasn't getting to the rim R.J. Barrett is becoming a very good two-way player and this is all for me watching okay there's no, really no major, like, stats that a lot of people don't know about that I'm talking about. Yeah, I just said that this player didn't, didn't shoot well. He took about 28 shots, scored like 20-plus points. Those are common stats. That's all we really got for this episode. <sighs> Tune in next week. I should be able to get another show in by next Friday night. It'll be episode four. Uh, not much going on next week. I think it's there's a couple of games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it's um, All Star Weekend in Cleveland. So it probably won't be much to talk about. The one last thing I will say is before we leave is that the NBA knows what it's doing. Okay. So because a couple of guys are hurt, the league put LaMelo Ball in the All-Star game. I wish you guys could see my face. They put LaMelo Ball in the All-Star game. I'm not saying he didn't. he's not having a pretty good year. He's playing solid. But how does he get to be an All-Star? When there's guys who are having a better year. Oh, wait. I know why. Because it's a business. He's the most popular player on social media, and the kids love him. So let's boost the ratings by putting him in the All-Star game. That's what the NBA's doing. But hey, if it works, it works, right? Signing off. Thanks for tuning in.